Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hello and welcome back to the True Condos Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew LaFleur, and you might know me from truecondos.com, or maybe you've read some of my articles in New Condo Guide magazine, or maybe you've never heard of me at all, and that's okay. The point is that if you're interested in learning more about the Toronto condo market and investing in condos, then you've come to the right place. The True Condos podcast is a chance to hear from experts and industry insiders about what's really going on in the condo market. And we also find out from these insiders where they're putting their own money when it comes to condo investing. So this week, I'm very happy to report that the podcast was actually featured on iTunes as new and noteworthy. So this was a pretty big milestone to hit so early in the show's existence. So thank you very much for everyone for listening to the show, supporting the show, and of course, for giving some great reviews and ratings of the show. So speaking of reviews, we have a few more that came in this week. Erica Christie says, great First episode, love the website, and now I've got something to listen to on my way to work. With such a hot condo market in Toronto, I'm surprised nobody else has thought of releasing a podcast focused on investing in Toronto condos specifically. Can't wait for more. Well, thank you very much, Erica, and I agree. I'm a little bit surprised that uh, this podcast is sort of a new uh, concept on iTunes, so I'm happy to be bringing it um, to you. Adam Ben Simon says, "Subscribed to the True Condos. Uh, Subscribe to True Condos. I guess he means my website, True Condos. About a month ago, and do not regret it at all. I'm somewhat new to real to the real estate industry, but very interested in the condo market slash investing. And these podcasts are very informative if you're looking for some great investment opportunities. Really enjoyed the last podcast with Mas- Matthew Slutsky." the co-founder of Buzz Buzz Homes, as he shared his own personal condo investments, his views, if there's a condo bubble, etc. Keep up the good work and thank you, Andrew. Well, thank you very much, Adam, uh, for that great review. And finally, Angela Nia says, it's important to have current and relevant info when looking to buy a condo, whether it's for personal use or investment. Andrew's podcast touch on some recent trends and issues that you need to know to confidently make better informed decisions. Andrew LaFleur is a high caliber realtor and it shows. Wow, that's um, very kind words uh, from you, Angela. I appreciate that. And um, thank you very much to everyone for the reviews this week. And if you, the listener, would like to leave a review for me, simply go to iTunes on your uh, computer and you can look for the True Condos podcast there and leave me a review on iTunes. It's greatly appreciated. Okay, now let's get to today's episode. This week on the show, we have Ben Myers. Ben is the Senior VP of Market Research and Analytics for Fortress Real Developments. Ben has been researching and studying the housing markets for over a decade now. Most recently, before he was at Fortress, he was the Editor and Executive Vice President of Urban Nation, which is the condo apartment market research company that most people have probably heard of, Urban Nation. And when he was there, he was widely viewed as sort of like the voice of the condominium market in Toronto. You would see him quoted 
um, in media articles just about every week. Uh, ben is a real influencer in the condo industry, and he's a sought-after speaker on the condo market. He's a, he has a refreshing and straightforward take on the condo market, which is something I really appreciate about him. And as I said, he's often quoted in the Globe and Mail, Toronto Star, and many other national publications. For all the show notes on this episode, you can get head on over to truecondos.com slash Ben. So check it out. Here's my interview with Ben Myers of Fortress Real Developments. So thanks for joining us today, Ben. And would you mind just telling us a little bit about your background? How did you get started in the condo industry and how did you sort of come to the position that you are today? Perfect. Uh, yeah, I started out um, uh, in working in the real estate research in, in Dallas, Texas. So I graduated university there, had no idea what I wanted to do. So I just sent out some resumes and ended up... Uh, so how did you end up in Texas? You're Canadian, right? <coughs> I am, yeah. So I, uh, I uh, got a baseball scholarship, so I uh, was playing baseball down there and uh, ended up working what for this. position I was a pitcher. pitcher? <laughs> I was okay. a pitcher, yeah. So and I know you're a huge Jays fan. Yes. Anybody who follows your Twitter feed knows that you're a huge Jays fan. Um, before we get into the condo stuff, what do you think of the Jays? season so far How well are, it's, what are your thoughts? it's obviously been uh, a little disappointing when they had some some holes that they needed to fill in the offseason he's starting pitcher and a, and a second baseman and they didn't make those uh those acquisitions and and the team is obviously struggling in those those two positions so tough division and uh and uh you know crystal ball where do you see the jays Crystal ball. This year, what do you think is most likely to happen? I say 85 to 87 wins, so you know, close to 10 games over 500, but still that will not be good enough to make it to the playoffs. Yeah. And how do you feel about that uh, as a fan? As a huge as, fan? As a fan, you know, it's disappointing. Are you thinking right? of switching your allegiance to TFC? <laughs> no, definitely not. I, I'm, a, I'm a Raptors and Leafs fan, obviously. Okay. Uh, being a Torontonian, uh, obviously not not a TFC fan, not a soccer fan whatsoever. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that's also been well documented in your Twitter feed. So, sorry, get back, getting back to your story. You, you so you went to university in Texas, and then uh, what happened after? Yeah, so I worked for a company called the Myers Group uh, that tracked the uh, the uh, housing market in uh, in um, in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I, I covered Tarrant County. Uh, that company had some financial problems, so I moved uh, back to uh, to Canada. So I was working uh, working for a company in Toronto that tracked the low rise housing market. Uh, eventually, started working working for a company called Clayton Research that is now part of the Altus Group, so one of the largest uh, companies in North America that uh, that does research on on the housing market and uh, market studies and cost consulting and, and tax appraisals and, and everything you can imagine that that uh, is in the uh, the real estate space. Uh, moved on to working for Urbanation, uh, um, which is which tracks the high-rise condo market in the, in the Toronto CMA. So I worked there for for six years, ran the company for four years. So uh, got to talk with a lot of people in the industry, not only from uh, all the developers. Got to talk to the construction lenders. Got to talk to uh, the mortgage insurers. Got to talk to the suppliers, the the brokers on site, the uh, the the big-time brokers like Baker and Milbourne. So just constantly talking about what's what's happening in the market, movements in the market and uh, really getting an understanding of, of what was happening. Mm-hmm. And so after Urbanation, you sort of, I guess you really made a name for yourself in the industry and you were featured in the media a lot as sort of a, a bit of a spokesman for the condo industry in a sense, one of the top experts you sort of got the reputation for. And then now you've recently, 
well, not so recently, but now you're with... Yeah, about a uh, year Fortress ago, um, yeah, I, I moved over to Fortress Real Development. So uh, what they do is uh, essentially partner with, with developers, bring the capital to the, uh, the partnership with, uh, with established developers all across Canada. So they needed my, my expertise in, in evaluating, uh, evaluating projects. I was already doing consulting for them on a number of, of sites, uh, recommending pricing, recommending amenities, recommending unit sizes, unit mix, you know, all those, uh, all those fun things that have to do with a, a condo project. And they wanted that expertise in-house so that I can talk to their investors about why we liked a specific market on a macro level and why we liked a specific project on a, on a micro level so brought some credibility to uh, additional credibility to the firm and to uh, the deals that they were picking and in addition to you know the transfer of, uh, of, of Frank Margani we, we have a really solid uh, executive team that's great um, and recently you've released uh, something called the market manuscript and for anybody who's listening uh, how can they find it? how can they download a copy of that because I do recommend anybody who's a condo investor or anybody who's thinking about getting into condo investing in Canada, it's a great document to definitely want to download this document and and uh, and take a look at what Ben's put together. Where can somebody find that? Yeah, so it's uh, FortressRealDevelopments.com. Uh, just go to the news section. We have a number of blog posts and articles on there, and you can download the market manuscript. So I go over some of the high-level details of, uh, of some of the major markets that we're in, Calgary, Toronto, Ottawa, uh, Winnipeg, and, and, and probably go into a little bit more detail, obviously, into the, the Toronto market because we're, um, that's where most of our projects are, and that's where it seems like the most uh, misinformation is, is being put out there in, in the media and, and, and talked about from, from bloggers and, and all kinds of uh, people out there. So I want to you know, make sure we're providing information in, in the long term context of it and you know providing um, another side of the story uh, of, of what's happening right um, so what uh, reading that document like you said it covers the different condo markets across Canada what would you, what are the sort of big picture trends that you're seeing what's the story right now of the I know there's really no such thing as the condo market in Canada but if you're looking on a national scale uh, sort of coast to coast what are the what are the trends that you're seeing what are the that's happening in the condo market in general. Yeah, well, I mean, it's obviously uh, location specific. I mean, Toronto is obviously an established condominium location, right? People uh, understand condominiums. They they know how to buy them in, in pre-construction. They know you know how long it's going to take. They know what to expect when uh, uh, when they take possession. And and it's obviously been been dominated by by the investor purchasers, uh, not only for uh, you know selling them at occupancy, uh, which has you know for the most part uh, disappeared. Uh, and most of them are long-term uh, hold and, and rent investors, it seems, these days. Uh, but the other markets, Calgary has, is, is really starting to, to take up condominium living. Edmonton, it's a bit, bit of a slog, but they're, they're starting to see some larger-scale projects downtown with the elimination of the airport allowed for some higher heights. So that's going to help to revitalize the downtown area, get more people in. Obviously, more people come in, more retail comes in, more uh, people on the streets, uh, and then that just creates more demand for condominiums. People want to be into a dynamic neighborhood. Um, you know, the fourth market that we're in is Winnipeg, and that's that's very in its infancy in, in terms of uh, the condo market. The, we've seen some uh, interest in downtown with the uh, Winnipeg Jets coming back, but again, it's, it's very much in its infancy, but we're looking to bring a project there that's really going to 
uh, you know, excite people and get people to uh, move uh, downtown, uh, downtown Winnipeg. So, uh, otherwise, we, you know, we're 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 cautious about uh, Montreal and Vancouver. Vancouver, obviously, because there's just a distance there, uh, uh, high barriers of entry into that market, and Montreal, you know, things haven't been uh, going as well there. Um, uh, Ottawa, again, we're we're in. We're we're cautious again in the Ottawa market. There seem to be a lot of players that got into the market that didn't quite understand uh, the dynamics of the condo market. A lot of units came on board, but again, it's it's one of the most stable cities because of the government, right? You know, there's not a lot of massive layoffs. There's not a lot of massive hires, but there's still solid growth, and they still have constraints uh, in terms of the employment downtown because a lot of people don't live in. Yeah, no, and commute to to Ottawa. So right. a lot of the jobs are concentrated downtown. There's a lot of universities downtown. So there's still there's still decent demand for right. for condominiums. What would you say uh, in terms of the next five years? What mark is there one market in Canada that you see as having the most growth potential in the next five years, and what would that be? Well, in terms of you know the the numbers, it it, it appears to be you know still be Calgary and, and Edmonton. Right, uh, they still have very, very strong growth. They're still getting very strong, um, you know, employment growth, and those are the two key things. If you get immigration, you get employment growth, then you're going to get demand for new housing. Right, uh, um, they're putting in place, you know, the public transit to move people, uh, and and that's kind of key. I mean. Yeah. Uh, Toronto is never, I don't want to say never go down, but Toronto is an international destination, right? So we'll still see strong demand uh, here because this is just an area that people really want to be in. And the more condos that we get downtown, the more that it gets built up and, and, and gentrified in, in some of the outer 416 areas is only going to drive more people uh, downtown. And again, as you can see with the gardener closing, it's only going to become more difficult to commute to uh, downtown. Uh, so, so people are gonna, not going to do it, and you know, look at gas prices, right? It's just, just not economically feasible for you to live and commute downtown because of the time, and the cost, and uh, and the hassle. Right now, you've been asked this question probably more than anybody in, uh, maybe in in Canada, but I'll ask you again: Is there a condo bubble in Toronto? Uh, I certainly do not believe that there's a condo bubble in Toronto. You know, uh, I've said it a million times. The the definition that I I've read and I've seen the most part is, is of what a bubble is is rapidly increasing pricing, right? So, in the low rise housing market in Calgary, I think it was 2006, prices went up 42 percent year over year. That's a bubble. You know, that is unsustainable growth. In the Toronto condo market, we rarely had any years where pricing went up more than about 10 or 11 percent. Obviously, that's not a sustainable level of price growth in the market, but it wasn't bubble conditions, right? So when you look back at Edmonton and, and Calgary, where they saw, you know, 35 to, to 45 percent growth in pricing year over year, their pricing only came down, actually came down 10 percent, right? So despite having this huge run-up in pricing, pricing it obviously corrected, but it didn't. It didn't come down. It didn't crash, right? There wasn't people that were, you know, uh, losing their homes because they, you know, lost twenty five their twenty five percent down payment that, that that they put on it. So right. I think in a market like Toronto, where pricing was only going up, you know, seven to nine percent. I mean, I, I don't see how that's going to come way way down, right? I think the investors in the market are. For the most part, well capitalized. They're buying a condominium because they can't afford that. They're not over leveraging their house and and all these things to, to purchase a condominium that they can't close on. Right? I think the banks have been uh, definitely been a lot more conservative on on how many mortgages they'll allow the individual investor to get. Right? So that that uh, that brings it down. And then 
again, you can't take 30 and 40 and 45 year mortgages uh, on these to reduce your, your payment to get into a positive cash flow situation. So you need to be have, you know, have significant uh, down payments there, right? So I don't see any issue with, uh, you know, major decrease right. in, in, in pricing in the market. Why do you think, why do you think that the, this condo bubble theory just never seems to go away. Why do you think these headlines? We just keep seeing these headlines in the in the newspapers and these comments online and talking heads from New York and other places telling us there's a condo bubble. Why do you think this thing just this this sentiment never seems to go away? Well, I think that number one is is real estate is just something that people love to talk about. Everyone needs real estate. Everyone needs to live somewhere, right? So you're you have some experience with real estate. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, well, I guess maybe some homeless people don't have experience with, <laughs> with real estate. But for 99% of the people, they have experience with real estate. So they drive, uh, they drive through Toronto. They see the cranes. They see the units under construction. It's, it's unbelievable for them to see this many units going in. But as I've said several times, if you had driven in Brampton, uh, North Brampton, if you had driven in Milton, if you had driven in uh, North Whitby, and going back to 2002 and 2003, when we were building... 35,000 low-rise housing units per year, uh, you'd have been shocked. You're just shocked. And if you just drive up there now and you're just going through um, just series and series of, of low-rise communities, and guess what? Those, those houses have three and a half, four, five people per house, right? So when you think of we're building only fifteen to 16,000 condominiums a year and they're only putting in one to one and a half people on average, right? So there's a lot less people than, than what we were putting in, in the low-rise market. There's an affordability crunch in this in, in in this area, so people are forced to live in condominiums longer, and that's just a reality of it. You know, before it was, uh, okay, I'll buy one condo and then I'll look to buy a house. That was what was the the condo market ten years ago. Now it's okay, I'm gonna buy a 400 and 500 square foot condo, and then I'll buy a 700 to 800 square foot condo, and then okay, maybe I'll look to buy a low rise if 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 the pricing's right. If not, then maybe I'll move up to a a thousand or twelve hundred square foot unit, maybe not right in the core any longer, but now maybe on the avenues, maybe a Leslieville, maybe a, a Ossington, uh, maybe a College Street. So a slightly different form of of uh, condominium, but in more of a neighborhood feel, right? And those are the kind of trends that I I see going forward, right? So um, the fact that the 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 newspapers keep concentrating on this is because they just don't understand that phenomenon, right? They see okay, a lot of growth, uh, you know, prices going up, uh, and Whenever we write about a condo bubble, it gets lots of hits, right? You know, it, it bleeds, it leads, right? And now that there's so many outlets, there's so many avenues for you to get information, they have to step up and be even more sensational than they ever have before um, to, to get readership, right? And, and that group of people are the people that read the newspaper the most. The people that are the most negative are the people that read the newspaper most. They're the people that comment on the newspaper most. Uh, when, you, when you see the level number of hits that, uh, that the negative articles get in comparison to, uh, or the comments that the negative articles get in comparison to a positive article, um, you, you'll see that it's definitely those are the articles that are, uh, are the most popular and, and generating the most interest for a newspaper. So if there's no condo bubble and you're not concerned about a condo bubble right now, um, theoretically speaking, what like what would be the warning signs that you would look for uh, for, a, for a bubble sort of forming? Or what would it take, in your opinion, for there to be a significant downturn in the Toronto condo market? 
Yeah, I mean, I look at a number of different statistics, right? I look at the number of completed and unsold units that are in the market, right? CMHC number. How many completed and unsold units are? That's a that's a great indication of uh, of um, you know the demand in the market. Calgary, the entire Calgary CMA as of the end of February, there was only twelve units. Twelve completed and unsold units. Twelve in units in a city of how many? In oh, geez, I don't even know the population of, of Calgary, but <laughs> it's obviously a huge census yeah. metropolitan area. Only right. twelve units, and then we look at Toronto. Um, it's down twenty-seven percent at the year end, and even down farther as of, as of March. Uh, the number of unsold units, and it's around a thousand unsold so it's units. Trending down. It's trending downward. So despite the fact that we're seeing higher levels of completions, the number of completed and unsold units are going down. Right, and almost I, I look at all the resale indicators. What is the average days on market? It starts to get up to forty to forty-five days. Then that'll be something that I'll you know take notice of. If we start to see the um, you know the list to uh, to the sales rate, you know, getting down 95 or 94 percent. That's when you start to get a little bit worried about what's 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 happening well, in what the market. What is it at now? Uh, I mean, it's, it's usually like 97, 98 percent, right? You know, okay. uh, on average, right? So people are getting essentially what they're they're asking for their units. I think you know the real estate agents have access to MLS. They look at it religiously. They know what the units are selling for at that size in that building. And they know it's it's fairly competitive. There's a decent amount of listings out there, so you can't really go 20% over uh, what's happening. And and it's obviously stupid to go 20% below <laughs> to bring in an offer 20% below because people are just not going to accept it. The market is not at a point where where people are, would would accept 20% below their their value unless unless they set their the unit price wrong, right? And so uh, those are the main things I look at. I, I don't look at some of the things that they bring up in the newspaper, like units under how many unsold units there are in buildings under construction um, as an absolute number, right? Uh, because, Why is that? Because the market is so much bigger than it will ever has been, right? Okay. So that's what makes it interesting that we're still, we've still been trending around a thousand completed and unsold units for 10 years, yet the market is twice as large as it was 10, 10 years, years ago, ago, right? So uh, in, in, in reality, it could probably be 2,000 units uh, when you, you take it as a percentage over the entire market. So, um, you know, every, it, everything's fairly healthy. It was just we had that one spike here where we had 50,000 starts, right? And, uh, and, and when we typically have, you know, 35,000, right? So people just clung on, clung on to that. They, they see the, the number of units under construction at an elevated level. They say, oh, well, that's, that's, that's above demographic demand, right? But you have to take into consideration that some of these condo projects are taking three, three and a half years to be completed because they're 700 yeah, unit buildings. So even though one year had a spike or we have higher units under construction, they're, they're going to take a while to, to be completed and they're not going to flood the market at, at any one time. Switching gears to uh, Fortress and your company now, what uh, Fortress is also a developer. They partner with a lot of developers. What Fortress project are you most excited about right now? To be honest with you, I, I'm the most excited about Winnipeg, and I'm, I'm going to buy a unit in the Winnipeg project myself. Okay, so tell us, tell us a little bit about this Winnipeg project. Yeah, so we're, um, you know, we, we haven't totally finalized. What's it called? Yeah, it's called Sky City Center. So okay. Sky, Skinny, Sky City Center, Winnipeg. It's a block away from the MTS Center where the Jets play. Um, it's it's right now currently scheduled to be anywhere between 35 and 46 stories. Uh, it really depends on how the demand comes out. We're have in the neighborhood of 300 uh, residential condominium units. We'll have a major grocery store on the second floor. We'll have office space in there. We've had a lot of interest in, in the office space from uh, you know uh, major corporations that are in the older buildings that want to be in a in a new building downtown that'll have the 
the common amenities. We'll have some retail on the base. It's right on the, the public transit, the dedicated public transit route. It'll be attached to their, their sky um, grid program, which is essentially like the path, but on this on second floors of buildings, so you don't actually go outside in the in the okay. cold weather weather in Winnipeg. Um, the pre-sale market has been all right in in Winnipeg, but we think we can bring Toronto investors, and we have a lot of buy-in in the community in Winnipeg. They want to see something like this happen. They want to see a signature real estate project occur in in that city. And again, we have all the investors in in the capital of that project also want to support the uh, the residential units in that in, in that development as well. So we're we're bullish on on what's going to happen there. Obviously, there is uh, one of the reasons that I want to to buy there is because there's some major skepticism going on in Winnipeg. They just don't feel that this something like this something as great as this can happen in their city, right? So we're we're pricing it, the uh, the project relatively in line with other downtown condominium projects, even though this is by far better than anything that's that uh, ever has been offered in in Winnipeg. So it's similar to Maple Leaf Square. You know, you look at what. Conservatory Group is, is selling at their project. It's almost $100 per square foot or $150 a square foot less than what Maple Leaf Square is selling. Right across the street. Right across the street. Because that is a better project. It's mixed use. It has all the amenities. It's it's closer to the ACC, right? So, you're, um, If you're living in that building, Maple Leaf Square, your lifestyle is just elevated. The access to amenities and everything are elevated compared to another building across the street. Conservatory uh, is one example as yeah. you mentioned. Yeah. So, so we feel that, that we're going to have that same um, exclusivity when this building is complete and people are really going to want to live in this building, right? Uh, and they're going to pay a premium to do it. So I, I think pricing, it's not going to go up in Toronto. It's not going to be 7 to 9% year over year. But I think when this building gets completed, it's going to be 50 to even $75 per square foot higher than what I paid for it. Right, and obviously there's going to be some lead time. It's going to take a while to build a, a building of this size in in Winnipeg. So um, I'm not not as worried about having my my down payment for a long time. But the, but the great thing is is it's it's you know I have to put down twenty percent. It's likely only have to put down fifteen percent. Right, so it's so it's a little bit even even better. Uh, and the rental market's been very strong in Winnipeg. It's had a vacancy rate of below below two, I believe, for twelve years or thirteen years. So uh, so pretty unbelievable. And and just looking at one of the downtown rental projects, the brand new rental project. It's like six stories. It was a, a actually a conversion of a, of a building that was already down there and they were receiving like two ten to two twenty per square foot, which is which is not too bad for a building that has zero amenities whatsoever, right? right. So we think this this building we're gonna have views of, you know, to, to friggin' Brandon, to Minnesota, uh, and you're gonna have a, a major grocer within your building that you don't have to go outside in the winter. Like, how fantastic is that in, in Winnipeg to not have to go outside? You're gonna have all this retail at the base. You can be able to walk to your employer without ever going outside, uh, and we'll have a heated bus shelter. So if you are taking public transit to your job, boom, right there in the, the heated bus shelters, right onto the bus. Like, you know, th these are the type of amenities that haven't been offered in that city that are that are gonna be offered now. So that's why we're, we're pretty excited about that one. That's so great. Um, now you've been interviewed many times by many different media outlets over the years and different people always asking your opinion on, on the markets and so on. Is there one question that no one has ever asked you, but that you wish someone would? Hmm. Wow. About the condo market? Or about yourself, or about fortress. That's an interesting one, and I, and uh, you know I I try I try to get the things that people don't ask me out into 
articles that I write about, right? And it's it's just a, a further understanding of, of, of how the market works, right? And uh, and uh, I think the one that I think I briefly talked about it was that the real confusion is the level of unsold supply in the market. That's one that is often talked about and, and not understood. So uh, when at Urban Nation we would talk about unsold supply, we would talk about the number the units in pre-construction, under construction, and buildings that were occupying and not sold out that had been registered for less than, than two months, right? So it was it was a little bit of a uh, need to be explained what that was. And then you, you see some of the bears, they attach that, oh my God, there's 23,000 completed and unsold condos in the market, right? When it's actually, like I mentioned, about a thousand units, right? Um, the breakdown was was most of those units were in the pre-construction phase of development. So some of these projects just launched, right? They just launched one one month ago, right? So they're going to have some unsold supply in there, right? Um, so that's so you really need to concentrate on the units that are under construction, right? What what's happening there? And that's typically been you know eighty to eighty five percent sold the buildings that are under construction. But people worry, oh well, that number. It's just been growing. Well, it's been growing because there's more more projects on the market, and uh, and it's not as big a concern because once a developer gets construction financing in place, that's the key thing he needs to get right. A lot of times, his sales office was on site, so he takes away his sales office, he closes down sales. He, you know, by appointment only. You want to go to the head office? Well, will he'll sell you a unit at a, at a increased price because he knows when you walk through that unit. When people can touch it and feel it, they pay a premium for that unit over buying it off plants. It's just there's it's always been the case and always will be the case, right? So uh, if they can afford to to uh, not sell those units until occupancy, they will do it. And uh, and a lot of times they'll they'll end up selling 10, 15 percent of the units during that two, two and a half, or three year construction period, right? And then you know a lot of developers they'll have been they'll have been you know. Profitable at 85 or at least 85, 90 percent. Usually a lot lower our percentage sales. Um, they'll be fully liquidated, uh, fully liquidating uh, ability of the, the project, right? So sometimes they'll just decide, you know what? I'm going to rent these units out. I'll hold these as cash flow properties for myself. There's no sense of urgency for me to sell these. If someone wants to pay, uh, you know, 25 or 30 dollars per square foot higher than the market for those units, then I'll, I'll gladly sell it to them, right? If I get a tenant in there, they want to stay there, they want to buy it from me, fine, right? So they, they're doing that as well. And there's plenty of, uh, plenty of large scale developers. Uh, once they pay back their construction loan, then that's, you know, they're just churning their money, right? So unless they have a specific project that they want to sell all those units for to put it in, you know, why take the money out? Why sell those units unless you've got somewhere else to put the money, right? And that's a hard part for people to understand. They say, well, you know, the condo market goes down, all these investors are going to sell. Well, the investors need to put that money somewhere. If you have a tenant in your unit and they're paying you rent and you're in a cash flow positive situation, why does it matter what's happening in the fluctuations of the average price in the market, right? The average price in the market is not an indicator of the value of your specific unit. It's so hard for people to understand, right? Uh, and the average can be fluctuate for so many different reasons. You know, it could be a, a, a project in Yorkville with 800 units comes to market and it, a whole bunch of resales in there and that pulls the average up. Or we could have, you know, an 800 unit project in Milton. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but we have an 800 unit project in Milton with $150,000 units and they all sell. That's going to pull the average down, right? So we can have a, a market where uh, what happens a lot when the market goes down a bit, listings go way down, 
right? So the only projects, the only units that are being listed are people who really need to sell for whatever reason. They're moving, they uh, got fired, they, <laughs> you know, they lost their job, they, uh, they got a divorce, whatever, right? So they're willing to take a lower price and they're selling in a bad market, right? Uh, so th these factors are always come into consideration when, when, uh, when, you're, when you're looking at things. So again, that was a very convoluted and long answer to, uh, uh, to a question, but uh, you know, there's, my mind goes in many different ways. The other side. It, it goes to your, your theme of the other side of the story. And, and I, it's another thing I recommend people check out from, from Ben is his, uh, his articles, which he calls the other side of the story, where he talks about some of these things and fleshes out some of these ideas that we've been talking about here today. So if people want to find you, Ben, where's the best place to, to sort of find you um, online? Yeah, so FortressRealDevelopments.com. My Twitter is at BenMyers29. So I, I pontificate about the condo market on there, about uh, Blue Jays, about my, yeah. dis, my dislike of, of soccer and, uh, and any other thing that are happening with people by the, with the same name as myself. So. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thank you, Ben, for your time today. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can have you again on the show soon. Perfect. Thanks. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that interview with Ben Myers. For all the show notes again on this episode, head on over to truecondos.com slash Ben. And once again, if you like this show, if you like this podcast, if you like what you're hearing, I just ask you, the listener, please go to iTunes and leave me a review. They are greatly appreciated. So thanks for listening. And until next time, bye for now. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.